0: Well, have you ever had a very long night? Yes? Boys and girls? Have you ever gone outside? Anyone here ever slept outside at night? When you see all the stars, and there's all these stars up in the sky? I remember one time I decided I was going to sleep outside. And in fact, I wanted to sleep on the beach I thought the beach would be a nice place to sleep. I said, you know that sand, it looks so soft. So I went out there with my sleeping bag, and I could see all the stars. And it was a nice idea for a little while, but you know the sand, which looks soft? It's not that soft. And there was a lump under my back. So I'd try to move and smooth out that lump, and then there'd be a lump somewhere else. And there was, I'd try to smooth out that lump, and then it started getting cold. Oh, those stars were pretty, but they didn't keep me very warm. I was starting to get cold, and I tossed, and I turned, and I waited until morning. Now, there's one way that you can know that the morning is about to come, and that's when the stars which are so bright, they start to fade. One by one, they twinkle less and less until pretty soon you can't see them at all. But there's a light that starts coming in the the horizon, and there's one star that still shines brightly. Usually, it's the planet Venus, but we call it a star. It still shines brightly, and that's the morning star. You see it in that picture there? Can you see that picture? The the morning star is still shining there. Well, our scripture today refers to Jesus as the bright and morning star. We just have a few minutes that we're going to share together, and we're going to look at this passage of what it means. The Bible says, I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Now, why would Jesus be called the bright and morning star? We're going to look at four reasons today, okay? So just buckle your seatbelts and get out your Bibles, and we're going to go quickly through these four reasons why Jesus is the bright and morning star. Let's just bow our heads as we begin. Father in heaven, I ask that you would bless us as we open your word. We need your blessing, and we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The first is found in uh john chapter one so turn with me there in your bibles the reason why jesus is the morning star is because he is the brightest star in the sky now that's figuratively speaking of course jesus is not just one of the other stars jesus is god we've studied in our series on jesus together That Jesus is, in fact, God. In fact, this passage here in John chapter 1 tells us that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. You see, Jesus here, it's talking about Jesus is the one who is the light of the world. Notice with me, it says in verse 4, in Him was life. And the light was the light of men. So Jesus here is described as the light of men. He's the one that lightens our darkened hearts. Now, this is speaking very symbolically. So just like I had that long night on the beach where I was uncomfortable, you and I have this life, which really, it's not all perfect, is it? We have our difficulties, we have our struggles, we have our challenges, but there is hope ahead because of Jesus. And there is an eternity promised to us because of Jesus. And Jesus here is the light, the life, and the light of men. If you skip down to verse 6, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist. This man came for witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light. You see the capital L if you have a more modern translation. That light but was sent to bear witness of that light, talking about Jesus, that was the true light who gives light to every man coming into the world. Now the good news for us today, friends, is that Jesus is not just the light of the world. He is the light of every single individual. That means, that means that Jesus has been shining light into your life and mine. No matter who you are, no matter where you came from, no matter where you've been and what you've done, Jesus is seeking to cast light on your pathway. I'm so thankful we have a God who doesn't wait for us to come to Him. I'm so glad we have a God who doesn't just fold His hands and say, well, I've provided salvation, now come and get it. We have a God who says, you know what, you young boy, you young girl, you older man or woman, whoever you are, I am actively working, aggressively pursuing you because I am the light who lights every man and woman and child who has come into this world. I'm thankful for Jesus. Jesus lights everyone as we read in verse 9. Not only does Jesus light everyone... We see that, that He's lighting so that we can have freedom from the sins that, that, that enslave us. John chapter 3 and verse 19, it says this. John 3, verse 19. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I hope you all have a strong stomach. I'm going to use an illustration that might be a little bit Uncomfortable, but it's not lunchtime yet, right? Have you ever been in a place that wasn't very clean, perhaps, or maybe nearby someone else's house that wasn't clean, or maybe just in the south or in the tropics or something where you walk into a room and you turn on the light and things go scurrying? Have you ever seen that? Doesn't it sort of turn your stomach just a little bit when they all go hiding? all the little creatures cockroaches maybe disappearing they don't like the light because well they're evil right (laughs) they're evil they don't like the light but the bible says that you and i naturally are the same way we have evil hearts too and we're not going to be condemned in the end because we had evil hearts we're going to be condemned to the end because we had evil hearts. And when the light shone upon us, we didn't accept it. We liked darkness better than light. Jesus is the light. He wants us to, he wants to show us, shine his flashlight into our darkened hearts and show us the things that, that shouldn't be there. He wants to be the exterminator of our lives. Get rid of those sins that go running for cover in our hearts. He wants to be that if we will only let him. So real life is living in the light. Eternal life is living in the light. Let's look at now the second reason why Jesus is the morning star. We find that He is still there when others have faded. Those stars which we watched all night long while we're laying there tossing and turning, they eventually become dimmer and dimmer in contrast to the sky and they go out. But Jesus is still there. The morning star outlasts all the rest of them. Isaiah chapter 14, this is a very interesting study. I want to be... um, uh, brief here as we look through this passage, but it's a story of, of Lucifer, and if you look in, in the Bible, this word Lucifer is, is, is used, or this, this, li- this word is in the Hebrew, um, uh, Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12, it says, How are you fallen from the heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? Now, the word Lucifer is a rendering from the, the Hebrew word, um, halal or Halel. He, halel is, is the Hebrew word that this is taken from. And um, this simply means the shining one or the light bearer. Now, the word Lucifer that we have in English was actually the Latin word that was translated. F- they translate Halel to the word the Latin word Lucifer. And at the time, it was not meant to be a First, uh, a proper noun, like a first name like we use it today. It was just a Lucifer. It was sort of like the morning star. That's what it, that's what it, that's what it means. It's the, it's the one who brings the light, um, as the morning star was understood to be bringing the day. And um, so Lucifer was the, 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 the name of that morning star. And here the Bible uses this word halal. It's the only time it's found in the Bible. The only time. And um, it means the, the morning star, the planet, and it literally means the bringer of dawn. When the Septuagint translated this word into, um, into Greek, he, it, they, re- they rendered it he- Heosphorus, the, uh, the bringer of the dawn. Now today we have the understanding that Lucifer is a title of Satan before he fell, right? Lucifer, it's a, it's a first name, it's a proper noun but originally it wasn't so. Isn't it interesting, isn't it interesting that the same symbol is used for Lucifer and for Jesus? Now, it's not the only time we have the lion and the lion, right? The lion of the tribe of Judah and the lion who goes out seeking whom he may devour. There's many times in the Bible it just gives us another picture as to why Lucifer and Jesus are the ones in this great controversy between one another. Lucifer was meant to be not the bright and morning star, but at least a bright shining star. He was the most talented of the angels. He was the one in heaven who was gifted as a leader among God's created beings. And yet Lucifer, Lucifer fell into the temptation of pride. He sinned. He lost his way. That bright shining light we call Lucifer went out. But there's good news. There's good news. The bright shining light that we call Jesus will never go out. You see those other stars they fade, but not Jesus. Not Jesus. No, he remains. Others may fail, but but he remains. He will always be the same today, yesterday, today and forever. Lucifer was a light bearer, but there's the light bearer Jesus Christ who absolutely we know the end of the story already. He wins in the great controversy. Remember that the verse of today, Revelation chapter twenty-two, verse sixteen. It's the final summary. It's the last few verses. The the last strokes of the pen in the book of Revelation. The book of end time events of how the the whole great controversy is going to fold into a into a, um, an amazing close. And here. John the revelator borrows a phrase from the Old Testament, the morning star, and he says, I'll tell you one thing, there's going to be someone who wins in this great controversy. It's not going to be Lucifer. His light has faded. It's going to be Jesus Christ, the bright and the morning star. The third reason that Jesus is the morning star is found in the book of Num- in, uh, I'm sorry, in the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. Just like Isaiah is the only place that this word halel is used. Um, this passage in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19 is the only place that it's found in the New Testament. This word, which is translated once again, morning star. Second jo- Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. Now, you know the story. This is the story of the, of the uh, of the transfiguration of Christ. Moses and Elijah meets Jesus there on the Mount of Transfiguration. And it says in verse 16, We did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And Peter goes on to say, Look, we're not just following these, these fictional uh, characters or these, these theological inventions. We're not following cunning, cunningly devised fables, he says. But we were eyewitnesses, Peter says, I saw with my own two eyes, Jesus glorified, bright, shining in the, in the middle of the night, shining as bright as the sun, and there's Moses and Elijah, and they're, they're here visiting him from heaven, and, and there we heard with our own ears the voice of God from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. Now, if you were there, and you heard those things and saw those things, would you think they were real? you would be like, wow, Jesus really is the Son of God. Jesus really is the one who is is trustworthy and dependable. He really is the sent from heaven. But notice what it says in verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. The King James says we have also a more sure word of prophecy. That is to say that the Bible is the basis of our understanding, just like seeing with his own eyes was the basis of Peter's understanding. Peter says, We have also a confirmed uh, prophetic word, as unto a light that shines in a dark place, and uh, here it is, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. The, the, ver- the, the word here is phosphorus in the Greek. The phosphorus, the morning star. It means this, um, the Greek... Uh, 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 it's a compound of the Greek um, light and the Greek the Greek word uh, verb hero to bear. So we have phos and hero uh, makes phosphorus to mean the light bearer, the morning star. It's the only time that's used in the New Testament. And this is, the, this is what we see in this passage as we look at it closely. Knowing Jesus is a foretaste of what is to come, and friends, it's experienced through the Word of God. The, as we spend time looking at the prophetic Word of God, the day starts, says, uh, rises in your hearts. This is a miracle that we can't perform for ourselves. God has to work in our hearts and lives, and the reason we spend time studying the Word of God, the reason we want to know it and to hide it in our hearts is not just so we're theologically correct or doctrinally accurate, the reason is so that Jesus can be the day star rising in our hearts. The good news is when the day star rises in our hearts, you may still have problems, you may still have difficulties, there may still be sickness, there may still be financial stress, there may be all kinds of problems in this world, but just like the day star is the the harbinger of what's about to come, it tells us the day's about to dawn. When Jesus is in your heart, friends, it doesn't matter so much how long the night has been because you know the morning is about to break. Oh, I don't know about you, but I want that day star in my heart. I want it in my heart. It comes as I spend time in that Word of God prophetic word, getting to know Jesus, not just knowing facts and figures and dates and names and places, but getting to know that, that, that one who is the light bearer, the phosphorus, the morning star, the day star. Um, the, the fourth and final reason we'll look today at why Jesus is the morning star, it's found in, in um, Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17. Now, this is actually the first time That Jesus is referred to as a star in the scriptures. In fact, Bible scholars who who study the book of Revelation, as we look at the book of Revelation, we notice that 75% of the language of the, the book of Revelation is borrowed from the Old Testament. There are stories that it uses, terms that it uses, and it's assumed that as it uses this phrase morning star, the bright and morning star, it's referring back to this prophecy in the book of Numbers. Oh, it's quite a story the prophecy of Balaam. You remember, Balak sent his messengers to Balaam and offered to pay him to come and curse Israel. And Balaam said, well, let me pray about it. And when he prayed about it, God said, you can't go. Not only can you not go, but I'll tell you why you can't go, because this is a blessed people. You can't curse a blessed people. So this is an impossible task that Balak is asking you to do. Well, you remember that Balaam really wanted those gifts that Balak was offering And when they came back with an even greater offer for him, Balaam said, well, stay here tonight, let me see what God's will is. Let me pray about it. True or false, Balaam already knew what God's will was. (laughs) He already knew. Sometimes we confuse ourselves, We, we convince ourselves, I should say. Sometimes we convince ourselves that we need to keep searching for God's will when actually we already know what it is. We just don't like it. Yeah. That's what Balaam's problem was. So finally, he gets on his donkey and he starts riding. Remember that whole story? The donkey ends up talking to him. And even after the donkey talks to him, Balaam says to God, Well, if what I'm doing displeases you. Do you see a problem with that? When your donkey's talking to you and he just told you that the angel just said, I would have killed you if the donkey hadn't saved your life three times. And yet he used that two-letter word, if, if what I'm doing displeases you. Balaam goes on, God says, you know, I can't, do you know God respects our freedom of choice? He really does. And finally God said, Balaam, you can go. I'll let you go. But you're going to say what I tell you to say. So every time Balaam tried to curse God's people, out came these beautiful blessings. Beautiful blessings. This is such a wonderful people. Your enemies are going to be destroyed, but you're going to last. And all these promises. And, um, and in order to do these blessings, Balaam had the king, Balak, build an altar and offer seven, seven altars with seven sacrifices, seven bowls of sacrifices. So out comes all these blessings, and Balak is thinking, I just wasted seven sacrifices, seven bulls, right? And Balaam says, Well, you know what? Let me try again. Let's go somewhere else and we'll build another seven altars and we'll offer seven more bulls as sacrifices. And he opens his mouth and out comes blessings. And uh, somehow, he must have been a pretty charismatic guy, don't you think? He must have been very, um, he had to have had the power of persuasion. Because Balak says, Okay. I'll do it again. So they go to a third place, build seven more altars, offer seven more bulls as sacrifices, and out of, out of Balaam's mouth comes these beautiful platitudes of blessing on, on, on Israel. And the Bible says here in Numbers chapter 24 that at the, after the third time the king, King Balak, was so angry, the, Bi, the Bible says he started hitting his fist into his hand like he wanted to just knock the daylights out of Balaam. But he's just sitting there, hitting his fists together. And all of a sudden, as he's hitting his fists together, Balaam says, well, let me tell you what's really going to happen. I'm going to go home. But before I leave, I'm going to tell you what's really going to happen. And notice what he says. Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17. This is what it says. I see him, but not now. I behold him but not near, a star shall rise out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of Tumult." And Edom shall be a possession, Seir also his enemies shall be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. Out of Jacob one shall have dominion and destroy the remains of the city. As, As Balaam looks over, he not only begins talking about the future, the beautiful future of God's people, he starts to describe how there's going to be one coming. There's going to be one coming, friends. Are you listening to me? There's going to be one coming who is going to do away with the enemies of God's people. There's going to be one coming who's going to triumph over the nations. There's going to be one coming who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You see here in this prophecy of Balaam, you have a great controversy going on. The people of Israel down in the valley, they don't know what's going on up on the mountaintop. They don't realize that there is somebody trying to destroy them. There's somebody out to get them, out to, out to do them hurt, and damage. They don't realize what's going on behind the scenes, just like you and I. We may not realize what's going on behind the scenes, the spiritual warfare that's going on. We know there's difficulties. We know we have enemies. We know we have obstacles to conquer. But there's this great controversy going on between good and evil. And let me tell you, friends, just like Balaam when he opened his mouth and out came blessings, the Bible tells us the Bible tells us that no sword formed against you will prosper. The Bible tells us that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible tells us that you can do nothing for the, against the truth, but for the truth. The Bible tells us that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are the called according to His purpose. The Bible tells us, friend, not only that all things work together for good, the Bible tells us this great controversy between God's people and their enemies, if you want to call them that, the world. It's going to have an end. And we already know the end of the story. The end of the story is a scepter will rise out of Jacob, a star out of Judah, the bright and morning star. And when Jesus uses this in the book of Revelation, when He says in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 16, He says, I am, am the bright and the morning star. Jesus is reminding us that in this great controversy, there's going to be a victor. And it's going to be Jesus Christ. He is the bright and the morning star. Jesus wins in this great controversy. When we get to to Revelation and we see Him being called this term, the morning star, it reminds us of what these other passages have said. It reminds us that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. You may not believe it, but it is still true. You may not like it, but you cannot stop it. As inevitable as the words of blessing which came out of Balaam's mouth Jesus, my friends, is coming again. And He's coming again as the bright and morning star. Now we have the opportunity, the privilege of having that day star arising in our hearts as a token of the day, the eternal life that is soon to come. It's just a foretaste, a reminder that Jesus is coming again soon. I want to ask you a question, friends. We're not, I know we're not living in that time of, of, of eternity yet. The sunshine of God's perfect world isn't shining in our lives. We have our difficulties and our our problems, but I want to ask you a question this morning. You can ask yourself, do I have that day star shining in my heart? Is my heart animated with the sure hope of Jesus' soon return? Is He the one who is the center of my heart and life? He wants to be. He wants to be your bright and morning star, bringing light into your life, bringing hope into your life, bringing a foretaste of heaven, of eternity, into your heart. Father, today we thank you that you've given to us so many different symbols and terms and names of Jesus. Today we've explored just one briefly, that Jesus is the bright and the morning star. Lord, I pray that he might be that for every single person here personally individually that he might be the the foundation of their hope that they might have that star arising in their hearts personally individually that no matter what they're going through they might know the end of the story is is sure it's already been written we already know how it's all going to work out Jesus is coming again as King of kings and Lord of lords. There is the bright day of eternity ahead. Oh, Lord, help us to be faithful till that time. And more than anything, Lord, help us to have Jesus in our hearts. We ask for it in his name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.